What up, what up, what up? First and foremost, thank the man upstairs for blessing me with another opportunity to share this wonderful experience with you all. And thank all of you for providing your listening ears as well as taking time out of your day to embark on this beautiful journey of mine of discovering my true happiness. Uh, From that true happiness that I discover, I came across this movement called I Am Greatness, which I am the founder slash CEO of. Um, I Am Greatness was designed for each and every one of us to feel inspired and to be great at what makes us genuinely happy and to be willing to die behind your happiness and to take on everything that comes with your particular journey and standing tall despite anything that comes with it. And to sh- before I share about uh, the movement, I am greatness to share some things about myself. Uh, I am Tevin Beck, and I am 27 years old, born and raised in Flint, Michigan. I like to say that I had the wonderful opportunity of experiencing both sides of the track. Growing up with my dad, my mom, and my two brothers. My dad was a truck driver. He was on the road majority of the time. And, you know, with that, he wanted to make sure that, you know, he provided for his family as he should. And that motivated me a lot as a male figure. My mom being a home caregiver. And she she also had a wonderful time of, you know, raising me and my two brothers when my dad was on the road. And as I said, she was a home caregiver. She took care of other people's uh, family members and things like that. So, you know, I had the chance of seeing what it's like to love, to care, to sacrifice, to stick together, to be willing to adjust your lifestyle for your family and things like that. And my two big brothers being the biggest inspiration to me, being that example for me of what it's like to be yourself, what it's like to have people love and respect you for who you are and to have other, you know, positive male figures on top of having my dad as well was very wonderful. Uh, it was a little rough sometime, of course, growing up with two big brothers, but, you know, we we had that genuine love, you know, out of all times that uh, you know, rather we was fighting, rather we was playing video games, you could tell there was genuine love behind everything that we did. And with that, you know, um, by the time I got to the sixth grade, my parents decided to get a divorce and my dad ended up moving out. And at that time, you know, I was just being told that I was just too young to understand what was happening. And with that lack of information of not understanding what was going on you know i grew a particular way about myself of being angry um you know hating everything around me disliking people disliking my family and feeling like i was such an eyeball because all my friends well most of my most of my friends had their parents and you know both of their parents in their house and had the you know the family gatherings and things like that and feeling like I like I said I was just such an eyeball compared to everybody else and everything else around me uh, it was a very challenging experience and eventually my brothers got older to where they moved out and it was just me and my mom and you know my mom was a very hard-working woman she you know she made sure the house was straight she made sure everything was taken care of so 
you know, that lack of attention from her also gained, you know, something within myself as well. And at the time, you know, I didn't really understand, you know, that she was so busy making sure that everything was good. I just took it as, you know, she don't really care about me and she don't really care about what's going on. And I was just being, you know, very ungrateful about what she was doing. So, you know, with that, it was uh, it was a very very uh very interesting time of my life i was learning a lot of lessons but i didn't recognize these lessons until i got older until i got around other people <clears throat> excuse me and eventually i got to middle school once i got to middle school you know um i had a very uh very great positive male figure within uh my principal name mr newton uh, Mr. Newton came into our school and, you know, at that time it was a lot going on within our school. It was a very small school, but, you know, at that time it was a lot going on and, you know, he happened to uh, see something within me. saw a lot of leadership, a lot of positive leadership, a lot of negative leadership as well, but, you know, he saw, he saw a true, genuine leadership within me and, you know, he ended up telling me one day that, you know... Uh, Whatever you do in class, you know, everybody else does. You know, if you're playing around in class, everybody else is going to play around. If you're not listening in class, everybody else is not going to listen. And I want you for one week to shift your energy and to see how much of an influence you have on everybody in your class and how much of a difference you can make. You know, and being so young, you know, nobody ever really told me that. So I'm just like, man, you, you know, you out of your mind, man. I, I don't know what you're talking about. But we'll see. I, you know, I amuse you for one week. I'm going to do my work. I'm going to pay attention. And I'm going to see, you know, if this really happens or what you're talking about. And for that one week, I did that. You know, I did my work. I didn't get in trouble when everybody else was kind of getting out of line. You know, I kind of stepped in and made sure they got themselves back in order. You know, in a respectful manner. And I ended up going to his office one day and I was like, man, thank you. And I shook his hand and, you know, I, I believed in what he was saying. And with that, you know, he ended up uh, showing me and exposing a lot to me when it comes to being a gentleman, when it comes to being a leader, when it comes to just having that influence on people. And um, with that, you know, it, it was very challenging. And I ended up you know, taking the position of being that leader and stepping up to the plate. But also when <laughs> I wanted a reward from it, you know, and I told him anytime I do any of these great things, man, I'm gonna need for you to bless the class with some pizza. <laughs> you know, he blesses with pizza. Uh, this is when the hot and ready was starting to become a thing, man, um, at Little Caesars, you know, and, and, you know, I used to walk down to the office during lunchtime and I used to be walking back down the hallway with like eight boxes of pizza and stuff like that. And, you know, it it woke me up to, uh, you know, who I was. But it was still so much more room to grow, so much more to understand, you know, that leadership role. And then eventually, uh, once I graduated that high school, I mean that school because it went up to eighth grade, um, I went into high school. And when I got to high school... Uh, me and my mom experienced a very, uh, very down, uh, downhill battle um, of losing our home that I grew up in and losing the, you know, the vehicle we had. And, you know, at that time, I didn't I didn't understand anything. 
Uh, but I was so guarded and protected because, you know, I've been through so much and I never really exposed anything, exposed my true self to everybody, you know, uh, when it comes to, you know, my home life. So, you know, at that time, you know, I, I went to a school that wore uniforms. So luckily, you know, um, my true self wasn't shown. Uh, all the shoes that I had, you know, I, I would get a new pair of shoes and then I sell them to get another new pair of shoes so that, you know, I could keep up with the program. And, you know, at that time, it was just such a, uh, man, such a hard thing to, you know, feel like this couldn't be my life, man. It, you know, this couldn't be it because I felt like things were eventually going to get better. You know, my dad leaving and me getting to middle school and not having my dad and my brothers and stuff around. And I felt like, okay, cool. It'll get better once I get older. But then me and my mom losing our house and stuff and going through high school and having that, you know, peer pressure, being a teenager and feeling like, you know, you got to keep up with everybody and you're so worried about that judgment, you know, from your friends and, and what they thought about you. You know, it was, um, it showed me a lot within myself. And, then, uh, you know, basketball was my scapegoat. Basketball was everything. Basketball saved my life. You know, I was willing to die, you know, behind basketball. Um, like I said, man, that was my passion. You know, that was my escape from the world. That was my escape from everything. And once I got to, you know, once I got to high school, you know, I started to really invest my time and my mind and my body into it. And I invested so much that I didn't care about nothing else. You know, I didn't even care about school. I didn't care about anything besides playing basketball and being in the ninth grade I felt like my high school failed me you know because they knew my grades wasn't up to part to play basketball but they continued to allow me to play anyway so it was like you know if y'all not gonna say nothing about my grades I'm not gonna say anything either so you know I just kept going and I just continued to have that I don't care attitude about it and eventually it caught up to me and I had to sit out uh, of basketball my 10th grade year, my 11th grade year, because I continue to have that same mind state of not caring, you know, and nobody sat me down to tell me like, look, man, you got to put these books before everything. You got to put, you know, uh, your mentality before everything in order for you to receive what you really want to do. So um, I got to my senior year. And once basketball season came, I mean, uh, once uh, my 11th grade year, once basketball season came and um, I was told that I couldn't play, you know, my 11th grade year, I eventually made up my mind and I was like, you know what, um, once, this, once this school year is over with, I'm going to leave my senior year. And my senior year came and I decided to take myself away from everything I once knew. Um, I took myself away from all my friends, you know, from basketball. Um, I took myself away from everything. And I ended up going into a um, adult alternative, which is like, you know, um, school for, you know, uh, much older kids that, you know, struggle in school and things like that. And all right, end up receiving my GED. You know, I was just like, you know, I'm not going to waste my time being here. So. I'm going to just go ahead and take the test and, you know, I end up 
successfully passing the test and receiving my GED. And after that, you know, basketball was still was still ringing in my mind. Um, I still had that heart in it, you know, so I decided to find a school that I could play basketball for, which was Central Michigan and Mount Pleasant, Michigan. And, you know, once I got up there, I went to tryouts, you know, and I decided to, um, not I decided, um, they decided to not pick me for the team. And, you know, in that time, I had a very great friend uh, named Demetrius. And uh, me and Demetrius was, uh, we were starting to get very close. We went to high school together, uh, but we were starting to get very close. You know, uh, we would work out, even though that was not, you know, really his thing, not his passion. But, you know, he worked out with me every time I came to town. Uh, you know, he, he would hit me up, you know, check in and, you know, uh, vice versa. And uh, one day I had, you know, texting. Like, hey man, you know, you wanna get a you wanna get a workout in tomorrow, you know, when I come back to Flint. You know, and of course he agreed to it. You know, he was like, Yeah, bro, you know, hit me up. Once I get off work, you know, I'm gonna grab my shoes and stuff and I'm gonna slide through. And I was like, Cool, say no more. So that next day, um, who me and him shared a very great uh friend uh within uh we went to the same school and um, you know, he ended up telling me like, you know, hey man, I'm not going to be able to make it to Flint. You know, we can go tomorrow. So I'm like, all right, cool. That's all right. So I decided to, you know, text Demetrius and, and uh, let him know like, you know, hey bro, I'm not going to make it tomorrow. I mean, I'm not going to make it today. Um, you know, we can, we can, we can hoop tomorrow. We can work out tomorrow. And I didn't receive a text message back. And later on that day, uh, it was around the evening time. I was sitting there doing my homework and that friend that me and him shared, uh, he ended up texting me like, you know, hey, man, you talked to Demetrius. And I was like, no, nah, man, I haven't talked to Michi while I was going on. It's like, man, I found out this morning uh, he died in a car accident. And, you know, I just dropped the phone, man. And I just I just couldn't believe that, you know, he was going that quick. And, you know, I've been through I've been through a lot of deaths. Uh, within family, you know, and things like that, and a couple people from the city, but never, never that close, you know, never a friend that close, a friend that young, you know what I mean, to literally just talk to him, and the next day, you know, he's gone, and what made that situation such a personal, uh, personal feeling was the fact that our last conversation was him sharing with me about you know, how much I inspired him to be great and to continue to go through, you know, everything, uh, to continue to grow through with every everything that he was going through, you know, with family within itself. And for somebody to tell me that and for that to be the first person to ever tell me that I inspired them was, you know, that was hard, man, um, to just lose him like that. And, you know, he showed me that he showed me that I could die. You know, no matter what age I'm at and no matter what I'm going through, you know, he showed me that when it's my time, it's my time. And I got to put I got to put my all into this. So uh, once I didn't make the team, that was my last semester. I decided to go back to Flint and probably about a month or two later, I end up ending the relationship I was in. And I ended up calling my dad who was living in Memphis, Tennessee. 
He was about to get remarried at the time, and me and my brothers were gonna drive down there, you know, to to uh, be in the wedding and stuff. And you know, I just decided that I wanted something new and I wanted something different. So I ended up asking him, like, you know, how would you feel if I moved down there? And he was just like, son, I've been wanting you to move down here, so of course I'm gonna say yeah. And I remember like it was yesterday, man, I had three garbage bags, two of them. Uh, one of them was full of clothes, one of them was full of, you know, miscellaneous things, and my third one was full of my shoes. And I had, you know, I packed my stuff up and I left. Uh, and I moved. I moved to Tennessee. Um, I started fresh. I started new. I didn't know anybody in Memphis. That was my first time ever being in Memphis, and I didn't know anybody down there but my dad. And I eventually moved in with my stepmom, my dad, and my stepsister. And that was such a, uh, man, it was such an eye-opener to life. And, you know, I moved down there because I wanted to find myself. Because, you know, basketball has been my whole life. And since basketball wasn't it anymore... You know, I had to figure out, you know, who I was. I had to ask myself that question, like, you know, Tevin, who are you? You know, what is it that you want to do with yourself? So, you know, I end up, um, end up spending a lot of alone time, you know, with myself and discovering that I just wanted to be happy with being me. And at that time, you know, I, I was receiving a lot of texts, a lot of phone calls and, you know, people just telling me like you know man basketball was it bro that's what you're supposed to be doing and for a moment I believed it you know for a moment I was like yeah you know what you're right man I am supposed to be playing basketball you know but as I was working on my game down in Memphis I, I felt like my passion was gone for it I felt like I didn't have the same drive behind it you know and I was just like no nah, man this ain't it like you know it's something else and I continued to spend that a long time, you know, uh, and within that long time, you know, me and my dad started to rekindle our relationship because, you know, I haven't li lived around him since I was in the sixth grade. So, you know, within us rekindling our relationship, I was also uh, building on the one that I had within myself. And, you know, I felt like all that's all I wanted to do was just be happy at being me and despite anything I don't care like I just want to be Tevin and I want to be happy with being Tevin and accepting and loving myself for who I am and you know I decided I was like you know what I'm gonna be the voice I'm gonna be the voice for all the other 20 year olds that's going through what I'm going through right now uh because I'm pretty sure we all need that you know so um I was like, this is it. I'm about to just inspire the world. You know, I want to change the world. And, you know, I ended up, you know, uh, telling my dad that that's what I wanted to do. And, you know, he was like, you know, that's great, son. Like, I believe in that. But, you know, that's a that's a, that's a big-ass decision to make, <laughs> you know. And I don't know how you're going to do it. But, I'm a, you know, I'm going to push you and I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a give you a goal to, you know, figure out how you're going to do that. And um, I went back to the drawing board just, you know, as I was continuing to figure out who I was, you know, I was like, cool, I'm going to be, a, you know, I'm going to be an inspirational speaker. I'm going to be that voice for people. And I needed to put it on a platform 
which is what he was trying to get me to, you know, get me to do. And, you know, the phrase of being great was was my thing, you know. I would text people that all the time. Be great today. Make today count. You know, be the greatest version of yourself today. This is all you got. You know what I mean? Because tomorrow can be gone. And, uh, you know, I was like, cool, be great. Greatness, you know, the whole, you know, the whole great thing. <laughs> And, you know, at that time, I did something for the first time. And I always said, you know, I used to tell people all the time, I'd never get an iPhone, man. You know, I don't care what y'all say about iPhones. I'd never get one. And I ended up getting the iPhone, man. But I thought it was such a unique thing that the they had a lowercase i and a capital P. And, you know, I was like, cool. Like, you know, I am, I am greatness, man. Like, you know, I am that. And that was it. And I was like, I am greatness. I am greatness, like, that's dope, and, you know, I decided to have the lowercase i and a capital A, I went back to the lowercase m and a capital G, um, and, you know, originally, it was spelled all the way out, uh, the word greatness, and, you know, I showed my dad, I immediately ran downstairs and was like, here you go, man, like, this is what I'm gonna do with this, you know, with I am greatness, and he was like, that's cool, so I'm like, it's dope, but, you know, it's a little longer, you know, a little too long for people to say to themselves. And I'm like, what, man? Like, you crazy, man. This is dope. But I'm like, all right, you know, for sure. Well, how I'm going to shorten it or, you know, whatever you think. And he was like, I don't know, man. Take out the E and the A and the T. Add the number eight. I'm like, what? That don't make sense. He like, eight. Great. And I'm like, okay, that fits. I see where you coming from. Cool. Erased it, added the number eight. And I was like, dang, that's it. And we looked at each other and was like, yeah, man, that's that's nice. That's nice. I was like, thank you, Pops. And I was like, man, but it's something else, man. I gotta do one more thing, man. I gotta add a sp- I gotta add one more thing to it. And he was like, Well, I don't know. That <laughs> that part is on you. And I sat there and I erased the, you know, it's two S's at the end of greatness. I erased one. And we looked at each other and we both nodded our head, very speechless, like, there it is. That's it. You know, and with that, I just ran with it, man. And I started to, you know, make different videos. I started to use my voice um, as I was continuing to figure out who I was and, you know, what I'm going to do. And, you know, uh, the one thing um, I started out doing, I stumbled across this uh mind state of sticking to my script and doing what Tevin loves and you know I always love bracelets you know I've always loved rocking them and things like that and um, I was like you know what that's that's what I'm gonna do um and I am going to make bracelets that says I am greatness and the first bracelet I ever made was gray and gold um reason being is because I felt like you needed to find your gold mine you know, behind all the fog, all the great fog and everything that you're going to go through, excuse me, you need to find your true self, you know, behind that and treat it as a prized possession. So, you know, I made about 10, 12 of them, man, about 10, 12 bracelets. And when they came in, they were so thorough. They were so nice. Uh, They came in different sizes, you know, so I had some for my, you know, I got a very small wrist. I had some for mine. I had some for people with bigger wrists. 
and I, I loved it, man. I love the feeling behind them, and the feeling behind inspiring people was the greatest, you know, greatest possession behind it. And I was like, you know, that's what I'm gonna do. I'm going, you know, I'm gonna make braces for people. And what I love so much about the bracelets was not because of how they look, how cool they look, how they fit, the material of them. Like I didn't care about any of that. The fact that people were gonna be able to remind themselves by looking at their wrists with the bracelets of how great they are. You know what I mean? Because I'm just one person and I can't tell you all the time to be great. You know, I can't be that leader all the time to let you know how great you are. But for you to believe in yourself, how great you are and who you are and what you're destined to be is the greatest feeling. You know what I mean? So uh, that was the best part about the bracelets, man. And, you know, I just continue to grow within the movement and I stumbled across, man, I started this in 2000. 2013 it is now 2020 man and i have experienced some shit i have met some people i have man i've been through a lot with this movement man but it has been a hell of a journey man and i have enjoyed every bit of it the ups and the downs the wins and the losses um and it's been um it's been remarkable for me to still be standing here uh speaking on it and, you know, sometimes I'm not going to lie. Sometimes I get down with them myself because I've struggled so much with, you know, it's not easy starting your own business, starting your own movement. And luckily I'm growing up in a, I like to call it, you know, the golden era. You know, I'm growing up in the golden time of entrepreneurship. But at the same time, it's not very easy starting and, you know, starting a vision that, you know, that you see because what you see you're not going to stumble across the same type of people, you know, all the time. You're, I'm not saying you're never going to stumble across those people, but it's, it's very slim. You know, when you slim yourself down, everything around you slim down. So, you know, you got to be mindful about the people you're meeting and the energy and the environment you're around. So, um, so I'm definitely excited, man, to share so much about I Am Greatness and uh, to share what this eventually will come to. I pray that, you know, everybody will continue to find within themselves with their genuine happiness um, and to continue to be a part of this movement. So thank every one of you for being a part of this, for taking out your time. Like I said before, um, keep keep being great, man. Um, keep smiling, you know, keep standing tall, uh, continue to not take shit from anybody or anything um, and be yourself, man, and love yourself in the meantime. Um, and I salute you, and I'm very proud of you, and I love everybody, man, I love each and every one of you, uh, so you heard it first from me, yeah, what up, what up, what up, first and foremost, thank the man upstairs for blessing me with another opportunity to share this wonderful experience with you all, and thank all of you for providing your listening ears, as well as taking time out of your day to embark on this beautiful journey of mine of discovering my true happiness uh from that true happiness that i discover i came across this movement called i am greatness which i am the founder slash ceo of um, i am greatness was designed for each and every one of us to feel inspired and to be great at what makes us genuinely happy and to be willing to die behind your happiness 
and to take on everything that comes with your particular journey and standing tall despite anything that comes with it. And to sh- before I share about uh, the movement I Am Greatness, to share some things about myself, uh, I am Tevin Beck. And I am 27 years old, born and raised in Flint, Michigan. I like to say that I had the wonderful opportunity of experiencing both sides of the track. Growing up with my dad, my mom, and my two brothers. My dad was a truck driver. He was on the road majority of the time. And, you know, with that, he wanted to make sure that, you know, he provided for his family as he should. And that motivated me a lot. As a male figure, my mom being a home caregiver, and she <laughs> she also had a wonderful time of you know raising me and my two brothers when my dad was on the road, and as I said, she was a home caregiver. She took care of other people's uh, family members and things like that. So you know, I had the chance of seeing what it's like to love, to care, to sacrifice, to stick together, to be willing to adjust your lifestyle for your family and things like that and my two big brothers being the biggest inspiration to me being that example for me of what it's like to be yourself what it's like to have people love and respect you for who you are and to have other you know positive male figures on top of having my dad as well was very wonderful uh, it was a little rough sometime, of course, growing up with two big brothers, but, you know, we we had that genuine love, you know, out of all times that, uh, you know, whether we was fighting, whether we was playing video games, you could tell there was genuine love behind everything that we did. And with that, you know, um, by the time I got to the sixth grade, my parents decided to get a divorce and my dad ended up moving out. And at that time, you know, I was just being told that I was just too young to understand what was happening. And with that lack of information of not understanding what was going on, you know, I grew a particular way about myself of being angry, um, you know, hating everything around me, disliking people, disliking my family and feeling like I was such an eyeball because all my friends well, most of my, most of my friends had their parents and, you know, both of their parents in their house and had the, you know, the family gatherings and things like that. And feeling like I, like I said, I was just such an eyeball compared to everybody else and everything else around me. Uh, it was a very challenging experience. And eventually my brothers got older to where they moved out and it was just me and my mom. And, you know, my mom was a very hardworking woman. She, you know, she made sure the house was straight. She made sure everything was taken care of. So, you know, that lack of attention from her also gained, you know, something within myself as well. And at the time, you know, I didn't really understand, you know, that she was so busy making sure that everything was good. I just took it as, you know, she don't really care about me and she don't really care about what's going on. And I was just being, you know, very ungrateful about what she was doing. So, you know, with that, it was a, uh, it was a very, very, uh, very interesting time of my life. I was learning a lot of lessons, but I didn't recognize these lessons until I got older, until I got around other people. <clears throat> Excuse me. And eventually, I got to middle school. Once I got to middle school, 
you know, um, I had a very, uh, very great positive male figure within, uh, my principal name, Mr. Newton. Uh, Mr. Newton came into our school and, you know, at that time it was a lot going on within our school. It was a very small school, but, you know, at that time it was a lot going on and, you know, he happened to, uh, see something within me, saw a lot of leadership, a lot of positive leadership, a lot of negative leadership as well. But, you know, he saw he saw a true, genuine leadership within me. And, you know, he ended up telling me one day that, you know, um, whatever you do in class, you know, everybody else does. You know, if you're playing around in class, everybody else is going to play around. If you're not listening in class, everybody else is not going to listen. And I want you for one week to shift your energy and to see how much of an influence you have on everybody in your class and how much of a difference you can make. You know, and being so young, you know, nobody ever really told me that. So I'm just like, man, you, you know, you're out of your mind, man. I, I don't know what you're talking about. But we'll see. I, you know, I amuse you for one week. I'm going to do my work. I'm going to pay attention. And I'm going to see, you know, if this really happens or what you're talking about. And for that one week, I did that. You know, I did my work. I didn't get in trouble when everybody else was kind of getting out of line. You know, I kind of stepped in and made sure they got themselves back in order, you know, in a respectful manner. And I ended up going to his office one day and I was like, man, thank you. And I shook his hand and, you know, I, I believed in what he was saying. And with that, you know, he ended up uh, showing me and exposing a lot to me when it comes to being a gentleman, when it comes to being a leader, when it comes to just having that influence on people. And um, with that, you know, it, w it was very challenging. And I end up, you know, taking the position of being that leader and stepping up to the plate. But also when <laughs> I wanted a reward from it, you know, and I told him anytime I do any of these great things, man, I'm going to need for you to bless the class with some pizza. <laughs> you know, he blesses with pizza. Uh, this is when the hot and ready was starting to become a thing, man, um, at Little Caesars. You know, and, and, you know, I used to walk down to the office during lunchtime and I used to be walking back down the hallway with like eight boxes of pizza and stuff like that. And, you know, it, it woke me up to, uh, you know, who I was, but it was still so much more room to grow, so much more to understand, you know, that leadership role. And then eventually, uh, once I graduated that high school, I mean, that school, because it went up to eighth grade, um, I went into high school. And when I got to high school, uh, me and my mom experienced a very, uh, very down, uh, downhill battle um, of losing our home that I grew up in and losing the, you know, the vehicle we had. And, you know, at that time, I didn't I didn't understand anything, uh, but I was so guarded and protected because, you know, I've been through so much and I never really exposed anything, exposed my true self to everybody. You know, uh, when it comes to, you know, my home life. So, you know, at that time, you know, I, I went to a school that wore uniforms. So luckily, you know, um, my true self wasn't shown. Uh, all the shoes that I had, you know, I, I would get a new pair of shoes and then I sell them to get another new pair of shoes so that, you know, I could keep up with the program. And, you know, at that time, it was just such a... Uh, man, such a hard thing to, you know, feel like this couldn't be my life, man. It, you know, this couldn't be it because I felt like 
things were eventually going to get better. You know, my dad leaving and me getting to middle school and not having my dad and my brothers and stuff around. And I felt like, okay, cool. It'll get better once I get older. But then me and my mom losing our house and stuff and going through high school and having that, you know, peer pressure, being a teenager and feeling like, you know, you got to keep up with everybody and you're so worried about that judgment, you know, from your friends and, and what they thought about you. You know, it was, um, it showed me a lot within myself. And, then, uh, you know, basketball was my scapegoat. Basketball was everything. Basketball saved my life. You know, I was willing to die, you know, behind basketball. Um, like I said, man, that was my passion. You know, that was my escape from the world. That was my escape from everything. And once I got to, you know, once I got to high school, you know, I started to really invest my time and my mind and my body into it. And I invested so much that I didn't care about nothing else. You know, I didn't even care about school. I didn't care about anything besides playing basketball and being in the ninth grade I felt like my high school failed me you know because they knew my grades wasn't up to part to play basketball but they continued to allow me to play anyway so it was like you know if y'all not gonna say nothing about my grades I'm not gonna say anything either so you know I just kept going and I just continued to have that I don't care attitude about it and eventually it caught up to me and I had to sit out uh, of basketball my 10th grade year, my 11th grade year, because I continue to have that same mind state of not caring, you know, and nobody sat me down to tell me like, look, man, you got to put these books before everything. You got to put, you know, uh, your mentality before everything in order for you to receive what you really want to do. So... Um, I got to my senior year, and once basketball season came, I mean, uh, once uh, my 11th grade year, once basketball season came, and um, I was told that I couldn't play, you know, my 11th grade year, I eventually made up my mind, and I was like, you know what, um, once this once this school year is over with, I'm going to leave my senior year. And my senior year came, and I decided to take myself away from everything I once knew. Um, I took myself away from all my friends, you know, from basketball. Um, I took myself away from everything. And I ended up going into a, um adult alternative, which is like, you know, um, school for, you know, uh, much older kids that, you know, struggle in school and things like that. And all right, end up receiving my GED. You know, I was just like, you know, I'm not going to waste my time being here, so... I'm going to just go ahead and take the test and, you know, I end up uh, successfully passing the test and receiving my GED. And after that, you know, basketball was still was still ringing in my mind. Um, I still had that heart in it, you know, so I decided to find a school that I could play basketball for, which was Central Michigan and Mount Pleasant, Michigan. And, you know, once I got up there, I went to tryouts, you know, and I decided to um, not I decided, um, they decided to not pick me for the team, and, you know, in that time, I had a very great friend, um, named Demetrius, and, uh, me and Demetrius was, uh, we were starting to get very close, we went to high school together, uh, but we were starting to get very close, 
you know, uh, we would work out even though that was not, you know, really his thing, not his passion. But, you know, he worked out with me every time I came to town. Uh, you know, he he would hit me up, you know, check in and, you know, uh, vice versa. And uh, one day I had, you know, texting like, hey, man, you know, you want to get a you want to get a workout in tomorrow, you know, when I come back to Flint. You know, and of course he agreed to it. You know, he was like, yeah, bro, you know, hit me up. Once I get off work, you know, I'm going to grab my shoes and stuff and I'm going to slide through. And I was like, cool, say no more. So that next day, um, who me and him shared a very great uh, friend uh, within, uh, we went to the same school and, um, you know, he ended up telling me like, you know, hey, man, I'm not going to be able to make it to Flint. You know, we can go tomorrow. So I'm like, all right, cool. That's all right. So I decided to, you know, text Demetrius and, and uh, let him know, like, you know, hey, bro, I'm not gonna make it tomorrow. I mean, I'm not gonna make it today. Um, you know, we can, we can, we can hoop tomorrow. We can work out tomorrow. And I didn't receive a text message back. And later on that day, uh, it was around the evening time. I was sitting there doing my homework, and that friend that me and him shared, uh, he ended up texting me, like, you know, hey, man, you talked to Demetrius. And I was like, no, nah, man, I haven't talked to Michi. Why was going on? Just like, man, I found out this morning uh, he died in a car accident. And, you know, I just dropped the phone, man. And I just I just couldn't believe that, you know, he was gone that quick. And, you know, I've been through, I've been through a lot of deaths uh, within family, you know, and things like that. And a couple people from the city. But never, never that close. You know, never a friend that close. A friend that young, you know what I mean, to literally just talk to him, and the next day, you know, he's gone. And what made that situation such a personal, uh, personal feeling was the fact that our last conversation was him sharing with me about, you know, how much I inspired him to be great and to continue to go through, you know, everything, uh, to continue to grow through with everything everything that he was going through, you know, with family within itself and for somebody to tell me that and for that to be the first person to ever tell me that I inspired them was, you know, that was hard, man, um, to just lose him like that. And, you know, he showed me that he showed me that I could die, you know, no matter what age I'm at and no matter what I'm going through. You know, he showed me that when it's my time, it's my time. And I got to put, I got to put my all into this. So, uh, once I didn't make the team, that was my last semester. I decided to go back to Flint. And probably about a month or two later, I ended up ending the relationship I was in. And I ended up calling my dad, who was living in Memphis, Tennessee. He was about to get remarried at the time. And me and my brothers were going to drive down there, you know, to to uh, be in the wedding and stuff. And, you know, I just decided that I wanted something new and I wanted something different. So I ended up asking him, like, you know, how would you feel if I moved down there? And he was just like, son, I've been wanting you to move down here. So, of course, I'm going to say yeah. And I remember like it was yesterday, man, I had three garbage bags, two of them. Uh, one of them was full of clothes. One of them was full of you know, miscellaneous things, and my third one was full of my shoes, and I had, you know, I packed my stuff up, and I left, uh, and I moved, I moved to Tennessee, um, I started fresh, I started new, 
I didn't know anybody in Memphis. That was my first time ever being in Memphis, and I didn't know anybody down there but my dad. And I eventually moved in with my stepmom, my dad, and my stepsister. And that was such a, uh, man, it was such an eye-opener to life. And, you know, I moved down there because I wanted to find myself. Because, you know, basketball has been my whole life. And since basketball wasn't it anymore, you know, I had to figure out, you know, who I was. I had to ask myself that question, like, you know, Tevin, who are you? You know, what is it that you want to do with yourself? So, you know, I end up um, end up spending a lot of alone time, you know, with myself and discovering that I just wanted to be happy with being me. And at that time, you know, I, I was receiving a lot of texts, a lot of phone calls and, you know, people just telling me like, you know, man, basketball was it, bro. That's what you're supposed to be doing. And for a moment, I believed it. You know, for a moment, I was like, yeah, you know what? You're right, man. I am supposed to be playing basketball. You know, but as I was working on my game down in Memphis, I, I felt like my passion was gone for it. I felt like I didn't have the same drive behind it, you know, and I was just like, no, nah, man, this ain't it. Like, you know, it's something else. And I continued to spend that a long time, you know, uh, and within that long time, you know, me and my dad started to rekindle our relationship because, you know, I haven't li lived around him since I was in the sixth grade. So, you know. Within us rekindling our relationship, I was also uh, building on the one that I had within myself. And, you know, I felt like all that's all I wanted to do was just be happy at being me. And despite anything, I don't care. Like, I just want to be Tevin and I want to be happy with being Tevin and accepting and loving myself for who I am. And, you know, I decided, I was like, you know what, I'm going to be the voice I'm going to be the voice for all the other 20-year-olds that's going through what I'm going through right now uh, because I'm pretty sure we all need that, you know. So um, I was like, this is it. I'm about to just inspire the world. You know, I want to change the world. And, you know, I end up, you know, uh, telling my dad that that's what I wanted to do. And, you know, he was like, hey, you know, that's great, son. Like, I believe in that, but, you know, that's a that's a that's a big-ass decision to make, you know, and I don't know how you're going to do it, but I'm going to, you know, I'm going to push you and I'm going I'm to I'm give you a goal to, you know, figure out how you're going to do that. And um, I went back to the drawing board just, you know, as I was continuing to figure out who I was, you know, I was like, cool, I'm going to be a, you know, I'm going to be an inspirational speaker. I'm going to be that voice for people. And... I needed to put it on a platform, which is what he was trying to get me to, you know, get me to do. And, you know, the phrase of being great was was my thing, you know. I would text people that all the time. Be great today. Make today count. You know, be the greatest version of yourself today. This is all you got. You know what I mean? Because tomorrow can be gone. And, uh, you know, I was like, cool, be great. Greatness, you know, the whole, you know the whole great thing <laughs> and you know at that time I did something for the first time and I always said you know I used to tell people all the time I'd never get an iPhone man you know I don't care what y'all say about iPhones I'd never get one and I ended up getting the iPhone man but I thought it was such a unique thing that the they had a lowercase i and a capital p 
and you know I was like cool like you know I am I am greatness man like you know I am that and that was it and I was like I am greatness I am greatness like that's dope and you know I decided to have the lowercase i and a capital a I went back to the lowercase m and a capital g um and you know originally it was spelled all the way out uh the word greatness and you know i showed my dad i immediately ran downstairs and was like here you go man like this is what i'm gonna do with this you know with i am greatness and he was like that's cool so i'm like it's dope but you know it's a little longer you know a little too long for people to say to themselves and i'm like what man like you crazy man this is dope but i'm like all right you know for sure well how i'm gonna shorten it or you know whatever you think and he was like oh no man take out the e and the a and the t add the number eight i'm like what that don't make sense he like eight great and i'm like okay that fits i see where you coming from cool erased it added the number eight and i was like dang that's it we looked at each other and was like yeah man that's that's nice that's nice i was like thank you pops I was like, man, but it's something else, man. I gotta do one more thing, man. I gotta add a, I gotta add one more thing to it. He was like, well, I don't know. That that part is on you. And I sat there and I erased the, you know, it's two S's at the end of greatness. I erased one. And we looked at each other and we both nodded our head, very speechless. Like there it is. That's it. You know and. With that, I just ran with it, man, and I started to, you know, make different videos. I started to use my voice um, as I was continuing to figure out who I was and, you know, what I'm going to do. And, you know, uh, the one thing um, I started out doing, I stumbled across this uh, mind state of sticking to my script and doing what Tevin loves. And, you know, I always love bracelets. You know, I've always loved rocking them and things like that. And um, I was like, you know what? That's that's what I'm going to do. Um, and I am going to make bracelets that says I am greatness. And the first bracelet I ever made was gray and gold. Um, reason being is because I felt like you needed to find your gold mine, you know, behind all the fog, all the great fog and everything that you're going to go through. Excuse me, you need to find your true self, you know, behind that and treat it as a prized possession. So, you know, I made about 10, 12 of them, man, about 10, 12 bracelets. And when they came in, they were so thorough. They were so nice. Uh, they came in different sizes, you know, so I had some for my, you know, I got a very small wrist. I had some for mine. I had some for people with bigger wrists. And I, I loved it, man. I love the feeling behind them. And the feeling behind inspiring people was the greatest, you know, greatest possession behind it. And I was like, you know, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going, you know, I'm going to make braces for people. And what I love so much about the bracelets was not because of how they look, how cool they look, how they fit, the material of them. Like, I didn't care about any of that. The fact that people were going to be able to remind themselves by looking at their wrists with the bracelets of how great they are. You know what I mean? Because I'm just one person and I can't tell you all the time to be great. You know, I can't be that leader all the time to let you know how great you are. 
but for you to believe in yourself how great you are and who you are and what you're destined to be is the greatest feeling you know what i mean so uh that was the best part about the bracelets man and you know i just continued to grow within the movement and i stumbled across man i started this in 2000 2013 it is now 2020 man and i have experienced some shit i have met some people i have man i've been through a lot with this movement man but it has been a hell of a journey man and i have enjoyed every bit of it the ups and the downs the wins and the losses um and it's been um it's been remarkable for me to still be standing here uh speaking on it and you know sometimes i'm not gonna lie sometimes i get down within myself because i've struggled so much with you know it's not easy starting your own business starting your own movement and luckily i'm growing up in a i like to call it you know the golden era you know i'm growing up in the golden time of entrepreneurship but at the same time it's not very easy starting and you know starting a vision that you know that you see because what you see you're not going to stumble across the same type of people you know all the time you're i'm not saying you're never going to stumble across those people but it's it's very slim you know when you slim yourself down everything around you slim down so you know you got to be mindful about the people you're meeting and the energy and the environment you're around so um so i'm definitely excited man to share so much about i am greatness and uh to share what this eventually will come to i pray that you know everybody will continue to find within themselves with their genuine happiness um and to continue to be a part of this movement so Thank every one of you for being a part of this, for taking out your time, like I said before. Um, keep keep being great, man. Um, keep smiling. You know, keep standing tall. Uh, continue to not take shit from anybody or anything. Um, and be yourself, man, and love yourself in the meantime. Um, and I salute you, and I'm very proud of you. And I love everybody, man. I love each and every one of you. Uh, so you heard it first from me. Yeah. The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started.